0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book, where in the chapter, We Agnostics, we will be reading on page 48. We are going to start with the first full paragraph, and four paragraphs will be read. And today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Yvette A., The Twelve Traditions, Anita L., and our text readers are Amanda R., Lauren N., Lynn F., and our newcomer greeter today is Suzanne W., the share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, May 30th, 2017, 7 a.m. meeting is 9990. 9990. And for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, Tuesday, May 30th, the share ID is 9992. 9992. Overeaters Anonymous to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Yvette A. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please.
1: Good morning. This is Yvette A. from New York, the 12 steps. take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Yvette A. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please.
2: Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depend upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita L. everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 48. We will be starting our reading with the first full paragraph on page 48. The reader may still ask why. And we will be going through four paragraphs and ending with Out of nothing means nothing and proceeds nowhere on page 49. And comments will be taken on all four paragraphs. Um, And with that, I am going to ask Amanda R. if she would read for us, please.
3: Good morning. This is Amanda R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. We think there are good reasons. Let us look at some of them. The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they are firmly grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Everybody believes them without a murmur of doubt. Why this ready acceptance? Simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. Everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there is good evidence, but no perfect visual proof. And does not science demonstrate that visual proof is the weakest proof? It is being constantly revealed, as mankind studies the material world, that outward appearances are not inward reality at all. To illustrate, the prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence, right there our perverse streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. We read wordy books and indulge in windy arguments thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. So that, that is the reading. <laughs> I um, <clears throat> i have to admit, I, I was looking through this last night and I kind of panicked a little bit because we're getting into the uh, section of, of this chapter where um, I, I find it hard to follow the line of, of reasoning um, everything that is written makes sense to me, and yet when I when I try to piece it together in my head into uh, a coherent whole, <laughs> I kind of I, I kind of remember sitting in the in the college library with a calculus textbook and just like <laughs> trying to get it into my head and repeatedly failing. Um, but but it's okay, it's okay. Um, I prayed about it thought about it, prayed about it, and here's what I see. Basically, you know, they're getting down to step two, why should I believe in a power greater than my him myself? What what's that what's that gonna do for me? And down the bottom of the second paragraph uh read I think is the key point for me, that last sentence, uh simply because it's impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. And here's what it's impossible for me to explain without uh, the assumption. The assumption I'm taking is that there is a higher power. That If I remove the blocks between myself and, and this higher power by doing the steps, and I reach out, that it is possible for me to recover from the addiction that uh, has been just dragging me around by the hair for so long. Um, so, how do I, how do I explain without, without that assumption that this is possible—that a higher power, a belief in a higher power, and access to that higher power can change an addict's life? I can't explain uh, the fact that I have lost. Over a hundred pounds. Me, who could never stick to a diet for more than a couple months, and I tried so many times for so many years, and um, I, you know, I've been abstinent a year and a half now, and I can't explain that. I, I can't explain why I'm now involved in my family's life and living life, being useful to them, um, being kind and loving instead of self-absorbed, lying on the couch, binging, watching endless YouTube videos, uh, just isolating. I I can't explain any of that. I don't... Why... I always always used to um, be in and out of the hospital a lot for a lot of the, um, you know, mental illness problems I had. Now, mental illness, i got to say, is an outside issue. And yet, working these steps... I have so much more clarity of mind and access to this higher power. And that's the only theory I can find to explain it that I live now instead of the death of really living death of of living in active addiction. And that's my best stab at that those paragraphs and I'm really looking forward to hearing what other people say cuz I'm sure it's going to help me. Okay, that's all by pass.
0: Thank you Amanda. And with that, who would like to share this morning? Tina F, Katie G. Matt
4: M., Katie G from Boston.
0: Matt M. Gotcha Matt. Gotcha um Tina. Gotcha Katie. Gotcha Harlan. Harlan. My Kathy pen K. is just flying here. Hold on. Um, who was that again? Kathy K. Kathy K. Okay, this is who I've had so far. I have Harlan G, Matt. Tina S., Katie G., Kathy K., who else? All right, we'll go with that. Harlan, you're up. It's your turn.
5: Thank you very much, Monica. Thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Wednesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. There's a very, very good reason why I need a power greater than myself That I choose to call God, but anybody that chooses to call it something else is perfectly okay. I don't need a religious deity. I can be an atheist. I'm not one, but I could be one and recover. I am not an agnostic, but I could be one and recover. I am not a religious man, and I could be one and recover. I have a power greater than myself that I choose to call God, that I pray to, and I'm willing to believe in on a daily basis for one reason and one reason only. I never knew this guy, but I read about him. His name was Ebby Thatcher. And he was a drunk. And he managed to put together a couple of months of sobriety because he took some action which he did not yet believe in And prayed to a God and stayed sober. There was another guy that I knew about, but I never met. His name was Bill Wilson. And he stayed sober from December of 1934 until January the 24th, 1971. And there was another guy named Bob, and he stayed sober from June the 10th, 1935 until November of 1950. And they did so happily. They did not fight alcohol. They did not fight the world. They did not fight themselves. They surrendered. And they managed to stay sober. And they did so Happily. Again, I repeated that because it's so important for me to know that. I was never able to do that despite my best efforts until I became willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself. And when I became willing to believe that there was a power greater than myself, I started to take actions which I did not yet believe in, and I have 18 years of abstinence. I've lost over 500 pounds, and thus far I have done so happily. Happy in my release. With that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan G. Matt M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Tina S.,
6: Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. The Postal Reader from New Jersey. These four paragraphs, and the, and the, and the two that are going to come afterwards, um, are, are going to try to get us to believe in a simple argument that this, that this big this chapter is making um, that the scientific, even the scientifically inclined, the ones who are not spiritually inclined, but the scientifically inclined do have a reason to believe in faith and and, and believe in a higher power of no understanding, because it's already saying that. Isn't visual proof the weakest proof? So, for me, I'm one of those people that always thinks that if I can't see it, I don't believe in it, but, you know, if this is showing me. This is one of the first arguments this chapter makes, showing that, you know, just by looking at what's in front of me, I can't trust what's in front of me because it's it's fallible, just like anything else. Nothing is 100% uh, able to be proven. So anything that's, even, even using a scientific method, um, nothing can be proven 100%. So that's why I'm learning from this that, you know, I just have to believe that there is there is an the all-guiding powerful force that's guiding everything because otherwise I don't want to believe everything goes in a cipher, ends in nothing, begins from nothing, ends in nothing. I, I want to believe that there is something guiding me and guiding the rest of the world through, through day, day by day. And um, even though I am scientifically inclined, I do believe in a higher power of my own understanding. I, I do believe and I'm grateful it's helping me every day stay abstinent and to work through the steps. And just for today, I have that willingness and the ability to do it. And with that, I'll
0: pass. Thank you, Matt M. Tina S. It's your turn, and then it'll be Katie G.
7: Thanks, Monica. Tina S. Recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. <clears throat> in Florida. Well, you know, I, you know, I I I was like the previous reader, where you know, when I first read all this stuff, I was like, yeah, I don't know so much, and uh, and what I, what I really know, and it says that the uh, practical. Practical individual today is a stickler for facts and results. Or my facts were that no matter what I tried to arrest my compulsive eating, it didn't work. And the result was nil, you know. And so those were the facts and the results for me. And and when I got here, you know, I didn't want to believe in this God thing because I thought, you know, I'd already had a conception of God that, you know, I probably um, didn't uh, want to serve or uh, want to have come into my life. But what happened was I had nowhere else to go. You know, I was out of ideas, you know, and so I came to the place, and it's already been said, you know, I was beaten to a state of reasonableness that maybe this thing would work for me. And let's just give it a shot, you know, and I love when people would say that, you know, it might not work, but give it a shot. What do you got to lose? I had nothing to lose, and I had everything to gain. And, and I love to hear the transformation of the people that come in here in the rooms in a very short period of time that do the deal, work the steps, get the result, and their life has been transformed, and it really touches my heart. Because that's what happened for me, you know, and, and when I do the work, it works, you know, and I hear the people that come in and say, it doesn't work for me. Well, I had been one of those too. Well, I didn't didn't do the work. And, you know, I, on my own, am screwed, and I have to. And it says it many, many times. There's musts and there's hads and there's have to believe in a power greater than myself if I want to resolve. And this power will solve my problem.
4: With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Tina S. Katie G., it's your turn. And then it'll be Kathy Kay.
4: Hello, Miss Monica. May I be heard? Yes month. Okay. Sorry.
0: Good morning, everyone.
4: (laughs) It's Katie G. Recovered compulsive Reader, anorexic and Bulimic, Setting My Timer in Boston Mass. Such a privilege to be with you guys. Um, Yeah, what these paragraphs are are talking to me about this morning is like contempt prior to investigation, right, which is in the back of the book, The Spiritual Experience, and it talks about, um, you know, the things that block me. There is one thing that will never fail to keep me in everlasting ignorance, and that is contempt, disdain, perverse streak prior to investigation, And um, that was me, man. You know, like I was such a fearful woman, right? And um, because of that fear, everything was wrong. And, you know, I felt like if I did A and B, you would give me C. And I needed that. And um, the transformation for me today is, um, I was thinking, you know, the reader may still ask why. Well, why is not my business today? You know, with this, with this relationship with God. Like, I love the first share. I'm just honestly saying, you know, um, the beauty of all of this is I get to the point where it's like, okay, well, I might as well believe and. And for me, when I came in and I was in such a bad relapse, right, and um, all I knew is it didn't matter. I made that magical shift from yeah, but to yes, ma'am with my sponsor. And all I knew that what, what, was that what I was doing wasn't working. And that's it. That's all I needed. I didn't need a God that I could conceptualize because my mind was really small. My mind was still going to food and exercise and all of that stuff. And, and today, thanks be to God, like, why is not my business? Results are not my business. And I was thinking back as you all were sharing like all of the things that because of these 12 steps, which I first did eight years ago, the things that I I haven't known if they're going to work, but I'm going to do the footwork with this relationship with this new entity that I have in my life that has guided me, not only as our beautiful fellows say, like, I am not obsessed with my body weight, I am not obsessed about food, and I am an active participant in life today. And as a result, I don't need to know the results. And that is so painful because I am a logical person and I am an egotistical person. And I wanna tell you my wordy books and indulge in my windy arguments because there are things that profoundly scare me right like if i don't get what i want i'm not going to be okay and what i find today is that um god always gives me what i need right like i spent years trying to go back to school and i didn't know if i was going to get through and for some reason i did because of the grace of god you know i didn't know if i'd ever have another relationship and for some reason a day at a time like i surrender the results i do the right thing for god not for the results for god and the things I give to him are better than I can imagine. So I'll just close with, like, if you don't get it and you don't want to get it, just keep looking at what you're doing. If what you're doing is working so well, then keep doing it. If it's not, join us, because I'm going to keep walking with you guys a day at a time, because your results are
8: amazing. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, KDG. Kathy Kay, it's your turn.
8: Thank you, Monica, for your service. This is Kathy Kay recovered from Boston. I love these paragraphs. You know, I read them so many times um, before I actually began to see the logic and how much they make sense. And as someone who was scientifically uh, trained, at first this was a really difficult concept for me to um, Accept. But you know what? Today, I can actually frame this as a, a scientific fact because what I see is when people um, take actions as they're laid out in the big book, which includes uh, turning towards a higher power and saying certain prayers and practicing gratitude and Um, doing things exactly as they're laid out in this book, they get different results than people who don't. That's called an experiment. Um, And so I know from my own experience and from watching others that regardless of how we define this entity, as long as we take the actions as they're laid out in this book, we are going to get results. And for me, that's what finally um, caused me to accept deep down inside uh, that there is something it's greater than me and when i pause and invite that power into my life or when i ask that power to help me face a fear or a resentment or a challenging situation i know that i am able to take action that's healthy and positive and when i abandon those disciplines I can see very quickly um, how much less effective I am in the world. So for me, there is plenty of evidence that this works. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy Kay. And for those who may have just come on, we are on page 48. We are reading, we read four paragraphs, starting with the first full paragraph on forty-eight. The reader may still ask why, and we're taking comments on all four. And who else would like to comment this morning? Kelly S. Kelly? Julie M. Julie? Amanda S. Amanda? Sarah, Sarah G. F. Uh I didn't there's two of you and I didn't catch either name.
9: Sarah G. Sarah? Yes.
0: Shara, G, okay. Rose, M. Rose, M. Don, J. Don, Don, G or J? J. And Melissa. All right, we'll stop there. Okay, this is what I've got. I've got Kelly, S., Julie, M., Amanda, S., Shara, G., Rose, M., Don, J., Melissa C. So, Kelly S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Julie.
10: Hey, thanks, Monica. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Tulsa. Can you up. speak
0: up a little bit, Kelly? You're very distant yeah. rounding. Wonderful. Yes, thank you.
10: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, um, I just really wanted to share on this because um, one of the things that made a big difference for me, it seems like, you know, a lot of the people on Vision for You, are uh, people like me who've been around for years and years and years. And I personally had pretty much given up hope that this program was going to work for me because pretty much th- thought I had done it all. And so, you know, I just kept listening to you guys. You know, I've been in 30 something years. And what I heard was hope, you know, people who had believed as I had believed and thought it was never going to work. So they started doing the deal. So I started doing the deal based on listening to the recovery and the hope that, well, I didn't know if this God thing was going to work for me, but the truth was I had no more options. You know, I'd I'd run out of options, and um, I was afraid to die, and my disease had me to my knees. And I loved Kim G's analogies yesterday about the GPS, and that's really – you know, pretty much how I do my God thing. You know, I never stopped to make sense of my disease. None of my disease made sense. But for some reason, I think I have to make sense of this God thing to make it work, you know. It's like, well, I don't understand it so, you know, in the meantime until I figure it out. But, you know, I never had to figure out I mean, it doesn't make sense to binge and purge or to be 125 pounds overweight, but that never stopped me. never stopped me to think, well, it doesn't make sense to eat an entire cake and throw it up well I did it anyway so you know what? I don't have to make sense of this god thing and you know I was laughing about the GPS thing because you know I got this new iWatch because it makes my life simpler because I'm in the medical field and I get my calls I get my texts I'm able to stay connected with my friends and family because I can't keep my phone with me but you know what I don't understand 90% of that stupid watch and I keep thinking to myself you know my day's off I'm going to figure this watch thing out because there's like all these really cool apps and you know, I bought it for this uh, this part and this part, and I still don't know it. But you know what? The part that works that makes my life easier, I understand. So I just keep using it, and I keep wearing it. And that part really helps me every day and makes my life easier. So why don't I do that with the God thing, which is what I'm doing today? I don't understand this God thing. It doesn't matter, but I get up. I pray. I turn my life over. I meditate throughout the day. I, I'm of service to others, as it tells me in the big book. And you know what? I do the deal. I don't have to understand God. I can't figure out God. can't figure out my disease. But you know what? The God thing makes more sense. You know, As uh, it's said over and over today, two and a half years of abstinence and doing so happily and freely for the first time. And over 30 years, I don't care if I understand it, I don't care if it makes sense, it's working and I have a freedom today I never, ever had and truly had never thought possible for this compulsive overeater. So I am so grateful. So if you have given up hope like I had, just keep doing the deal and, you know, act as if all those little stupid slogans that it works and listen for the hope here because there is hope and so grateful I never gave up. So glad to be doing it with you guys and I pass.
0: Thank you, Kelly S. Julie M. It's your turn, and then it'll be Amanda S.
11: Hi, this is Julie M., <laughs> Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Um, this last sentence, simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. Um, when I came into the rooms, I did not believe in God. I didn't think about God. And if I did, I thought of God in the most negative terms. I used to swear at God. And um, so for me to have a reasonable assumption as a starting point to believe in this thing that I was convinced did not exist and, and if did, hated me, was going to meetings where people... You know, at first I thought there's no way this person used to weigh blah 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 because here they are, they're thin, they're laughing, they're having a great time. You know, all these things were in place in their life. And as I listened, I that I identified with them so much with what they said about their disease, about their weight, about how they felt about themselves as they worked through the steps and as they got into program. And so I thought, okay, well, whatever they're doing. Must work. I'm going to do what they're doing. What were they doing? They were working the steps. They had chosen to believe in a power greater than themselves. So I knew that that was going to have to be my starting point. And so I did things like say the Serenity Prayer 27 times a day. But I said it, you know, for me to even say, God grant me anything was like a miracle. But I would, I would insert whatever I couldn't change. So I'd say it something like, God, grant me the serenity to accept that there are a bunch of dishes in my, sink, in my sink, and I'm super pissed off. Grant me the ability to not go scream at my kids and then have a horrible relationship with them and then feel miserable and hate myself and, and eat over it. Grant, you know, accept the things I cannot change. I can't change that my kids are You know, a mess, I'm leaving a mess. Courage to change the things I can. What can I change in this situation? Me. That's it. Nobody else. What are my options here? I can scream and yell. I can do the dishes myself and then feel resentful. I can leave them in the sink. I can push them over in the corner. And the wisdom to know the difference. And it took me forever to even memorize the serenity prayer. But then to start using it in a way that was useful to me. But every time I did it, I got some kind of relief. Um, I did things like say the first three steps out loud before I put anything in my mouth. When I really wanted to eat something, I would say the first three steps out loud. And for some reason, a calm would come over me. And I was able to keep moving forward. So I started by looking at the people in the rooms that were happy, joyous, and free. And I, I embraced this higher power thing like my life depended on it and in the beginning i made it all up i acted as if but i felt it over and over come into my life and give me serenity and give me ways to solve my problems and that is
0: how i came to believe and with that i'll pass thank you thank you julie m amanda s it's your turn and then it'll be shara g
12: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Amanda S., a compulsive overeater in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. What jumped out for me was the paragraph that talks about being a stickler for facts and results, and that definitely was me, Um, both before OA and while in OA. uh, I searched constantly for something that was going to fix me, that was going to fix my compulsive overeating diets self-help therapy, and nothing was working. Uh, even when I came into OA seven years ago, working the steps um, as set out in the OA 12 and 12, um, it helped a little, but it, it didn't fix me. Um, it was only when I looked at the facts and results of individuals that were recovered by working the 12 steps as laid out in the big book. And that took me a long time. I had a lot of prejudice there um, that alcohol was different. That book was different. It wouldn't help me. Um, But when I started going to AA meetings just to learn about the big book and I saw people with 25, 30 years of sobriety and I joined This meeting, and I heard people with 25 years of abstinence, and there was one common fact, and that was they worked the steps as outlined in the big book. So it's impossible to explain what I see, feel, direct, and use, um, which is I see one common thing, and that's working the steps as outlined in the big book. I found a big book sponsor, and that's what I've been doing. And that is what is working. I can't explain it. I can't tell you why other than in all my searching, that's the only thing that I can see. And so I just encourage you that if you are still searching, um, find a big book sponsor, have someone walk you through the big book steps and just keep
0: doing it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda S. Shara G. It's your turn and then it'll be Rose M. This is Sarah G.
9: Um, Impulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I, I appreciate your um, your leadership, Monica, and thank you for everybody who was serving today. Um, I um, really think of myself, at least the way I was, as being very skeptical. Of everything and um, I too love the appendix two where it says the principle um, of that there's a proof against all arguments in which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance that principle is contempt prior to investigation and I had contempt for all kinds of people who believed in something uh, you know God or any kind of power greater than themselves um, for a long, long time. I think I was agnostic, uh, but I didn't really put a name to that. Uh, but I was definitely skeptical and definitely questioned everything and definitely put down what I couldn't explain. And so this this whole chapter is so good for me to read. Um, today, I do believe in a power greater than myself that I call God, uh it i've been in uh the rooms for a long time and it's taken a while for me to um sort of get over my um disbelief but i believe that i really am there today uh i've seen things change in my life and in other people's lives that i cannot explain and uh the thing that um uh that i wanted to say was uh that Coming I mean, into these rooms and, and well, my, my husband was alcoholic. And so the big book was never my book. I always thought of, of it as his book since he was the alcoholic. And since I've been uh, uh, coming to um, Vision for You, I have seen how closely related this book is to my problems and how closely related I am to the alcoholic. The only difference is that our substance um, is different. And I'm beginning to realize that. And that was another thing that I was skeptical about. You know, how can the big book help me? And today I realize it has helped me more than I can, I can say, more than I can realize. Um, and I, I do love the arguments that, that Bill puts in place about, you know, so many uh, of us have scientific minds. And looking at those things that we just take for granted, like electricity, that we don't um, question. Um, so, you know, my skepticism has been put aside, and I'm grateful for that. And thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Shara. G, Rose M, it's your turn, and then it'll be Don J.
9: Hi. Um, thank
13: you, Monica, for your service. Um, my name is Rose M., um, I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater, um, and when I read over these paragraphs, um, and, you know, this this whole um, chapter so far has really um, reminded me of where I was and my spirituality before I started the program, um, that even though I um, believed in, um, you know, I had a set of beliefs, I, I had a faith, and I still do. Um, that there's a big difference between spirituality and religion. Um, that there's a big difference between um, believing in a higher power and and that higher power being at work in our lives and um, adhering to a set of rules and um, you know laws. Um, and uh, you know the other thing that I wanted to comment on is that um, you know as a healthcare professional we talk a lot about you know evidence based practice. Um, in other words, that's um you know when somebody says, "Here's a problem um, and you know I have an idea of what the solution might be, but um I'm gonna have to look at what has worked um you know out there in the field um and you know one of the one of the first big problems that somebody ever did that with was um hand washing because doctors were you know um Going from doing an autopsy to then taking care of a patient, and not washing their hands, and people were getting sick. So when people started washing their hands, then you know they looked at the evidence and um, that said, well, their patients aren't getting sick as much now. Actually, they're not getting sick nearly as much as they were before. They aren't dying as much. And so with that evidence, then they could say, well, washing your hands is, is sound practice. Um, and you know, I. I think just when I first started the program, looking at all of you um, and how your lives have changed so much, that was my evidence that, that this, that this worked. Um, And um, you know, if you're looking at the program too and you're not sure about it, um, let us be your evidence. Um, I mean, my, my life was completely unmanageable and out of control and, um, I was having blood sugar problems and um, I didn't know how I was going to lose the weight and um, I just, I wasn't involved in my life and now I am. And my A1C is is normal, totally normal. Um, and it's really a miracle. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say was also as a nurse, I've worked with very confused patients on a brain injury floor and patients who have had strokes. And at times I've had patients who were so confused that they would fight me, literally, even physically. And, um, and then sometimes um, every once in a while I would have somebody who would look at me and say, I, I realize that I don't know what's going on, but I know that I'm confused. And um, that's a very interesting place. As a (laughs) nurse, because then you realize that you know they a lot of times these people would stop fighting me, and I would say, okay, now I'm going to give you some directions. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take your medicine. We're going to help you get dressed. You're going to go to physical therapy. Time. Yep. Sorry. And you're in a safe place, and you're going to be okay. And um, and to to those of you on the line who are listening, um, follow these directions. and and you're going to be in a safe place, and you're going to be okay. And um, realizing that your life is unmanageable is a good place to start. And
0: with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rose M. Don J. it's your turn, and then Melissa C.
14: Good morning, uh, family. (laughs) I've been uh, in the program 60 days, so I'm, you know, pretty new. And so if I make a mistake, please forgive me, and... I'll learn along the way. Uh, I just wanted to briefly get my feet wet by sharing a little bit. Um, I, you know, I always believed in God. You know, as a, a child, uh, uh, my religion was that of my parents, which was Catholic, and I, you know, I believed in a personal God. You know, who was a loving God, and you know, people ask, you know, how can you believe in something? that you can't see, and, uh, you know, like the wind, you know, I can't see the wind, but I sure feel the effect of it blowing and on my face, and I know that it's there, uh, you know, this is how I look at God, you know, and you don't always have to see something to believe it, like, take, for instance, the the Great Wall of China, you know, I've never been there, never seen it, but, you know, I've heard a lot of other people who've, uh, you know, uh, not a lot, but I've seen, you know, heard some people that have seen it, and uh, you know, I've watched TV and have seen it. You know, so I, the uh, belief that you have to see it to believe it isn't for me. One last thing I wanted to share was was that uh, if I had a watch and I took all the parts out. I separated all the parts and put it in a bag, and shook it around, and then threw it up in the air. All the parts went flying out, and down came a watch. Would uh, be pretty, pretty amazing, you know. I, I look at it as the logic of God, you know, that uh, um, how this world is organized, uh, uh, the universe is there's uh, structure to it. In the same way, you know, behind that watch that's together, we know that there's a watchmaker. And that's the way I see how God is. You know, we, when I look at the world, you know, I see that behind all this that we see a, a, a God, a, a loving God that's behind all this. When I look at the beauty, I look at a newborn child, you know, I, I know that there is a God. And with that, I thank you for letting me get my feet wet. Have a good day. I pass.
0: Thank you, Don Jay. Welcome. Melissa C., you're up.
15: Hi. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, uh, my gosh, like, I just want to say this is such a great way to start the day that, um, you know, my brain is really working. I am, um, you know, not only am I getting spiritually connected, but intellectually stimulated. And it's just, thank you, God, for this disease, you know, that forces me um, to learn and grow every day. And, um, But, you know, what um, what I really wanted to, to say here is the, you know, the, the argument for, belief, for believing in a power greater than ourselves um, is is laid out for me here by saying, look, you believe in a lot of things that you don't understand um, because you're willing to start somewhere. You're willing to um, have some reasonable assumptions. And that, for me, was what I really saw this morning was um, the reasonable assumptions that I make and that what really needed to change for me, first and foremost, was that my old assumptions were no longer reasonable you know, they were failing. And yet, um, despite all the evidence, I was still clinging to them. So notions like self-reliance, intelligence, um, you know, willpower, hard work, those were all, you know, the assumptions, reasonable assumptions that I thought I could apply to every single problem. And yet, the evidence was showing me uh, it wasn't working, wasn't working here, wasn't working here, wasn't working here. And so, you know, what, what needed to change um, was everything. You know, but for me, it started with my assumption, my reasonable assumption, like, hey, maybe everything you've tried so far is, um, was interesting, but it's not going to get you out of this mess. And um, how about try something different? You know, that was my first reasonable assumption that I made, that maybe you don't know something that everybody else knows, you know, or everybody else on this line knows. And put your intelligence aside and listen, you know. And so um, that was where it began for me. And the other thing was hope, you know, that um, I hope makes no sense, you know, until you actually begin with it then you can start seeing um, the effects. And, yeah, I'm a living um, and breathing miracle today. And um, and none of that could be explained by self-reliance, intelligence, by other assumptions. So um, thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. And we've got five minutes, so two shorter shares. Who would like to share? Linda R.? Linda D. R. Margaret D. Margaret D.? Yes, ma'am. Okie dokie. Gotcha. Linda R., you're up. Go ahead.
16: Hi. Thank you so much for your service today. A fantastic, powerful meeting. Linda R. South Florida recovers. Anyway, this discussion about the evidence that there is higher power manifesting in life is very powerful, I believe, you know, in a higher power and it's a very personal concept of constant companionship. However, you know, my thoughts are, if God forbid I die today and I met God at wherever I was going, and it was true that he truly existed, that would be amazing. However, my higher power on this earth is or touch God, or it's not like, you know, a tangible true concept I can't really see a blind faith like with with grace. So for me I question I say to myself, isn't it better if I believe than I don't believe? Because God to me is my coping mechanism. He helps me get through the ups and downs of my life. And my spiritual concept has really grown over the years. At the beginning it was very limited and now because of my step work and my spiritual enlargement. It's such a beautiful, beautiful way to live my day each day. So thanks for allowing me to share.
0: Thank you, Linda R. Margaret D., you're up. Hey,
16: everybody.
17: This is uh, Margaret uh, D. And um, first off, I want to say hello to all the newcomers. We are so, so happy that you're here. We are so happy. Um, This is what my sponsor used to tell me was that there are a lot of people that are too smart to get this program, including the concept of God and whatever. But there's very few people that are too dumb to get it. And I never understood that until I started to um, watch the relationship. And this actually was um, my higher power speaking to me in a way that i could comprehend and understand and which was not necessarily through people because i was somebody who was not very trusting of people they scared the mm out of me so i would watch my dogs and um when it was time for dinner they would you know um, go out into the utility room which is where they're fed when it's time for breakfast, out into the utility room. And not once did they ever say to me, would you explain car insurance to me or how your automobile works that you would you know, actually get in the vehicle? And also, can you explain the grocery store how the system of money works and the rest? Do they care? No, all they care is it's 6 o'clock, out to the utility room, we're having breakfast. And in the words of Monica, yeehaw! So what I learned was that having this understanding about God and my higher power and the rest of it, it was really more of a thing about my heart instead of my head. And my head said there's no way that somebody would care about you and there's no way that, you know, somebody would want to take care of you and you can't trust anybody and blah, blah, blah. But my heart said... Well those dogs absolutely love you and they don't care what type of blood you have, they don't care what your IQ is, they don't care anything about that. All they care about is that you're there with them, that they're having this relationship with you and you're having a relationship with them. You know, they are not real keen on the one sided stuff. And it helped me to see intellectually how it could work and the other thing that kind of came to me about this i don't understand the connection for myself but about the whirling protons and how we don't you know we can't see it and the rest of that um is that i think and this is just a feeling that i have that none of us and thank you, God, for this, are ever going to get the full concept. We're never going to understand it all because then we wouldn't need each other. Time. And, um, again, welcome so much to the newcomers. We are so happy that you're here. Um, thank you.
0: Thank you, Margaret Dean. And we- Thank you much. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We've come to the end of our time here this morning so quickly. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, May 31st, the 7 a.m. meeting is 9994, 9994. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Lauren N., could you read for us, please, from a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive.
18: Sure. Thank you all for your lead and for sharing today. This is Lauren N. Can I be heard? Yes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us and more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is sick still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows, clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find, and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Amen.
0: And I, with
18: that, I pass. Thank you very much, everyone.
0: Thank you, Lauren.